Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Live from the Southern Bancorp Studios in Hattiesburg and downtown Laurel. Brand new week of the Eagle Hour. Thank you for joining us. Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Michael Mergens. Happy to have you along. Going to be talking Sunbelt baseball as a whole, as well as some Austin Crowley or Crowley news later in the show with Scott Watkins. From the Sun-Herald, we will go to Southern Miss head baseball coach Scott Berry in just a moment, but happy to have you along today as uh, we start a new week. Golden Eagles go 3-1 and one on the week, win another series in Sunbelt play, and uh, should be uh, should be excited for uh, for a brand new week of baseball. First segment is always brought to you by Dickey's Barbecue, located in a community near you, the hometown team in Hattiesburg, located just outside Turtle Creek Mall, and uh, we greatly appreciate their support of the eagle hour go support them great meat smoked here loved everywhere dickie's barbecue all right kelly uh exciting week for the golden eagles three and one and before we get to coach barry just uh just a a good week in some tough conditions up in norfolk yeah when you well of course it's the same for both teams but still it's not an ideal uh, situation especially for pitchers when you're having to deal with wind and cold and things like that but you know i the results didn't surprise me you know as as i said you know friday when we were broadcasting live from the midtown corner market you know i i said if not a sweep certainly two out of three and they were just a couple of runs away from that sweep and remember a lot of this is taking place on the road so I man, I'm I'm really proud of this team, and uh, they're and they're they're playing well, representing well. Skipper of the Golden Eagles, Scott Berry, joins us as he does every Monday, and uh, coach three and one on the week. But but let's just kind of start uh, with the the adventure you guys had getting up there and uh, and then coming home. What what a weekend it was in travel. Well, it was. You know, going up there wasn't bad at all. Everything was was uh, on schedule and, and did well outside of uh, we didn't we didn't practice there on Wednesday night that's uh, normally not the uh, routine we usually get in there in time but the flights had been delayed previously when we scheduled them so we knew we weren't going to be able to practice on Wednesday night so we were planning on showing up on Thursday and playing like we did and we had beautiful weather there on Thursday it was 80 degrees of course the wind was was really howling out and uh Played a really good game, but the weather uh, kept us from having to play on on Saturday. Rain pretty much all day. Cold front started coming through, and you know we we uh, we were lucky to play the two games on Sunday. And man, was it cold! And and then the real issue started with our flight 
uh, we're not making our connection in Charlotte. I had to spend the night in the Charlotte airport on Saturday night, which is the first time in my career of 39 years that we have missed a, a connection and, and had to spend the night in the airport. So airport floors uh, aren't, aren't very soft, I can assure you. And uh, so anyway, we were able to, to get a flight out yesterday morning at 9 and arrive back here at the clubhouse about 1230 yesterday afternoon. It was uh, it was entertaining though to follow Isaiah Rhodes and some of the other Golden Eagles and how is it I mean how do you keep you know college age dudes occupied for for that long seems like they did a pretty good job representing the school in the airport well you know well and honestly we really had the airport to ourselves so and Charlotte's a pretty good airport and there were several of them I don't think went to sleep at all they just tried to to walk their way through it and and uh, just stay active and just do kind of crazy, goofy things, which they did, which were entertaining. When I would wake up about every hour, I would look at, you know, Twitter, and I'd see something Isaiah posted. And, you know, I was just thankful they were still in the airport because I told them, <laughs> I said, do not leave this airport because you're not going to get back in. TSA is not going to let you get back in. And so whatever, they were, you know, they were – uh, held to the to the confines of the Charlotte airport, and yeah, they did pretty well. They did pretty well. Good stuff. Well, let's go back. Let's talk some baseball. Tuesday night at home against Southeastern Louisiana, found yourself in a deficit and was able to put a six spot up. Talk about that the the big part of the bottom of the eighth, but also you know you started a, a new midweek pitcher in Armistead. We did. Yeah, Will had had previous uh, time as a starter at Itawamba Community College uh, before he came here and. You know, uh, with with us moving Billy to the to the weekend and and wanting to do that, certainly that took him out of that starting role. And you know, we're at a point where there's sometimes we got to find out what some of these guys can do and what roles they can play. And you know, Will was able to give us four innings there uh, in that game and get us off to a good start and found us, you know, going up and taking the lead. But you know, Southeastern's a scrappy club and. Did uh, did a great job. It seemed like every move that they made, whether it was situational hitting, their bunting, moving guys over, playing for a run, they were able to execute it, and and were very successful at it. You know, got great pinch hitting, and but it was there in that eighth inning that we took advantage of some uh, of, of one of their guys. That, you know, he had trouble finding the plate. Our guys were disciplined, made those strikes, and we were able to create some momentum there down a couple of runs going into the bottom of the eighth and our pinch hitter Rodrigo Montenegro steps up delivers a big big two strike single there that scored two runs to tie it and then there were some wild pitches and there were some uh, base on ball uh, bases loaded walks that that helped us move that lead to 10 to 4 and then we were able to hold on and win that one so really proud of our of our guys and how they stayed the course and you know at the point at this point right now um, Luke Kelly, we're we're thirty games into it. It's about it's about getting that win. You know, we can we can say, hey, we want to be perfect, and certainly that's what we strive to do. But at the end of the day, if it's at the end of the game that you make up for what you hadn't done or, or missed on, then so be it. You know, if you come out of there with a win, then you need to be grateful and appreciative of of how you how you were able to do that because wins are hard to come by. Yeah, they are, but you get that win 10-6 to against uh, Southeastern Louisiana Tuesday night. Then the Thursday, uh, Tanner Hall pitching on one less day of rest. Didn't really miss anything, uh, Coach. Uh, seven strikeouts and seven and two-thirds innings, only gave up four hits and, and one run, and you were able to do enough offensively to come out with a 4-2 to win on Thursday. 
Well, great matchup. Great Friday or Thursday, in this case, for the short week matchup between Tanner and Blake Morgan. Blake Morgan last year is a true freshman, a lefty that really pluses and minuses you, pitches off that changeup from the left side, and we're kind of a left-handed dominant hitting lineup anyway. He was able to, last year, beat us here at, at our place, four to one. One of their big hitters hit a three-run homer, I think, off from Tanner there uh, later in the game and gave them a four to one win. But so we knew we had we had a, a great challenge in, in being able to uh do something against Morgan and credit our hitters. You know, they, they did in the third inning. We were able to to make hit him for three runs and you know it came uh or I guess it was a fourth inning, I'm sorry, Slade, big solo home run, left on left, and then Danny later on uh, had a big two RBI uh, double that gave us three runs, and and from that point, uh, you know, we really never we never gave back the lead, or, or so we held on to it. Great pitching by Tanner, and of course, Cross Sibley came in, got his fourth save that game. Kelly, uh, you know, in game two, Golden Eagles drop it eight to seven, but as Coach mentioned, Kelly, two two guys really coming on Slade Wilkes and Danny Lynch. Well, I'm I'm not surprised at all. I. No, you might find this hard to believe, Coach, but I never coached Danny Lynch. <laughs> and that's only one of few. I, I, I think I think you're right. But Slade Wilkes has always been uh, a kid that that has had Im- just amazingly quick hands. Even when he was, you know, 11 years old, you can see that that guy, you know, at any time. So so none of that none of that really surprises me. But but compare your team's hitting today. Coach Barry, from at the beginning of the season, when when people say, "Well, as temperatures warm up, so to the bats," there has to be a theory behind that. Well, yeah, I guess there is. I mean, that kind of seems to to be how how it's gone. But you know, I think that we're we're getting more comfortable. We're kind of eliminating some things that we weren't good at earlier in the year uh, offensively. I think. Some of our guys are, are starting to make those adjustments, uh, you know, and of course it would be easy to say, well, why didn't you make those adjustments earlier? And, uh, you know, those, I wish I did know the answer to that, but I don't. And uh, the main thing is right now that, you know, we're starting to get some really good production out of some guys that, that haven't uh, been, you know, as, as good as we, we want them or as good as they want to be. So that's that's the main thing as as we're moving forward, thirty games in, that we continue to give better quality at bats, and uh, knowing that that we're in there competing and and doing the things that that enable you to win. And that, to me, Luke, is what team sports is all about. I mean, you played football, you know. Look, not everybody's going to be on all the time, but as long as enough guys are. You know, and you get the W. That's what it's all about. Yeah, Danny Lynch. Uh, after the weekend, we'll talk more about the weekend here in just a moment. Danny Lynch moving that batting average up to two sixty eight. Wilkes hitting three fifty five right now with uh, with eleven home runs. We talked about two games from last week: the ten six victory over Southeastern Louisiana and the four to two victory in uh, Game One of the series. As we go to commercial breaks, Coach Barry will hang on with us. We'll talk about. The doubleheader Saturday, maybe in some of those challenging uh, conditions in, in several years the Golden Eagles have faced, but they win another series. We'll recap it all with Scott Berry as we continue on the Eagle Hour.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Eagle Hour continues on this Monday from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown. Laurel, happy to have you along. Second segment, as always, brought to you by Campus Bookmark on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. CampusBookmark.net, the place to go for all your Southern Miss Golden Eagle swag. Campus Bookmark, Hardy Street, Hattiesburg, CampusBookmark.net. We continue with the head coach of Southern Miss Baseball, the... uh, I don't know what – I could use so many adjectives to, uh, to describe. Mr. 500, Coach, I know you'll d- diminish that, but but can we just acknowledge that as we start this second segment? Congratulations. Well, thank you, Luke. I'll tell you, and, and I know it's just a number, but it's a significant number. I know that. and uh, But more importantly, it's a number to me that that I share with a lot of people. 500 really, really great times. When you win, that's always a great time. and. And to be able to reflect back and go, man, that was 500 times that people that entered my life, whether they were players, coaches, fans, that we all got to celebrate something really, really special. And, you know, I'm, I'm blessed and fortunate to have been here for uh, 23, going on 23 years and this 14th year as a head coach. And, and I don't take those times and those wins for granted. They, they mean a lot. So thank you. So you get uh, you get game one on Thursday, uh, no baseball on Friday, and then uh, man, just Saturday comes, crazy challenging. Really, never got above fifty degrees, raining all day. Eagles fought back in that one, got three runs in the eighth, but just couldn't really uh, come through. And and you drop another, you know, very 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 minuscule uh, run deficit in in a in a uh, in a conference game. I think all of your five losses have been like by eight combined runs. But that was a kind of a tough one in, at the first uh, game of a doubleheader. Yeah, it really was. But you know, we uh, it didn't start out well. We didn't play the win. We did some things that really hurt ourselves there in that second inning that led to Old Dominion scoring three runs. And, of course, they were throwing their best guy on, on Friday. On game two, uh, numbers-wise, Armstrong's been really good, and I thought he was really good. But, you know, even though we lost that game by a run and we, we scored three there in the eighth and came up a little short, I mean, we had nobody to blame but ourselves and some of the things that, that happened. I liked the way we were playing, and I told them that going into that game, too, that I liked the effort. We never quit. We kept grinding that thing out in tough conditions. And even though Old Dominion had brought the series back tied one apiece, this next game was going to decide who who won the series, and we just need to continue where we left off um, in in that first game. And, you know, it was tough. You lose Matt Adams after an inning and two-thirds to to a shoulder problem who – he went and saw the doctor today. Really don't know what his status is, but, you know, we had to get in our pen much earlier than what Maddie has always provided for us. It's always been he's covered five, six, even sometimes seven innings, but we had to get in our pen and, and try to piece it together and just weren't able enough uh, to, to outcome uh, what, what we needed to do to beat Old Dominion. But I really liked the way we played in that first game on Friday going in to the second game. Lynch and uh, Dickerson both with three RBIs in that game. So, so you go to game two, everybody's cold and wet, but but Golden Eagles came out hot. You scored four runs in the first three innings and were able uh, to stretch the lead to uh, to give you some insurance later in the game. But man, Billy Oldham, uh, Billy Oldham was uh, was phenomenal uh, through through six innings. He really was. I mean, he plus and minus, and you know, even 
Fenwood, who's a good friend of mine, their coach, he said, you know, that that was just right there a well-pitched game by Billy Odom. I mean, he really pitched, and he did. He he had his fastball changeup and, and breaking ball mix. He was throwing it for strikes and just really kept them off balance. And couldn't be more proud of Billy uh, being able to pick up there on that third game for us. And he covered six in the third inning. You know, he gave up, you know, uh, five runs. Four of those were earned, but – Still, offensively was the difference that game for us, being able to offset that. Our guys offensively really, really played well and continued to score in all but two innings of those nine. So, you know, we just kept the pressure and kept the momentum in our favor. And it did get a little little testy there at the end, uh, you know, and, and, and rightfully so. Old Dominion's a good offensive club, and they weren't going away. They were able to piece some things together. The, the weather conditions were – as as brutal as I've been since I moved to Mississippi from Missouri, you know, 33 years ago, uh, they were tough, man. I mean, it was a cold, wet uh, wind. I felt like my ears were frostbit. I, I did have a, a, a COVID uh, scarf that I'd kept in my briefcase in case we encountered somebody along the way that required you to have that. And I ended up, I actually had two of them, Oz borrowed one of them, and I was able to protect my ears, but there were times where I could hear the sleet hit hitting my helmet. But yeah, it got a little it got it got a little uh, sloppy there, and it, it was tough for the defenders to make plays from the ball being wet and your feet just slipping. But we were able to to hang in there, and it was a gritty performance by our guys. I couldn't be more proud. Well, well, as Oldham, you know, as well as he pitched, Coach Barry, the weather did wreak havoc on his hair. We'll have you know. <laughs> so you know, and that's. <laughs> For Billy Oldham, that that can be a major problem, you know, when you're having yeah, to, when you're having to deal with that kind of flow. But you mentioned right. you mentioned Matt Adams, uh, of course. Tate Parker's you know nagging injuries have been well documented. One of the things that your team overall last year was able to avoid was injuries. You know, um, now you know some things. You're midway through the season; things are starting to creep up. Are, are you starting to sweat at all, or health wise, you? He's still okay. Uh, yeah, no, I think you know we're okay there. I mean, hopefully we'll get good news on Matt. Uh, you know, I'm, whatever it is, it's going to require some time down. Uh, you know, I, it's not going to allow him to be back out there next weekend. I, I can assure you that. I would think, but you know, Slade took the ball square off the hand there in that third game. Uh, but you know, the X-rays came back negative on it, still swollen. I don't know if he'll be able to go tomorrow. That's going to be basically what kind of mobility he has in his hand. But he took a pretty good shot from their lefty at about 92 miles an hour. And so, uh, but he's a tough kid. Yeah. He's going to do everything he can to get in that lineup. So, you know, we, uh, outside of a couple of that, and, uh, you know, you mentioned Tate. Tate, uh, we got him back in the lineup on, on Thursday. And that was the last suspension that we had to serve. That was the Reese Ewing on Thursday, so we're off the board. We're clean. Everybody's eligible as far as that goes, but you know, I know you're probably going to ask me about a young man that, that stepped up who hadn't been in the lineup as a position player, and I put him in there in that nine hole at second base on on that third game of the series, second game on, on Saturday, and boy, did he respond. Nick Monastere, um, tremendous two for four with three RBIs, his first at bat uh, as, as fine a opposite field double from a right-hander that I've seen all year to, to split that gap and score 
score two runs, big two runs there. Uh, in that in that second inning to to put us up three to nothing. You know when when you were talking about you guys the hitters making adjustments at the plate, that's something that I have noticed is that a lot more guys are going oppo when the ball is is put out there, and I think most hitters. Uh, just by and large, everybody wants to try to pull the ball, but I think the difference between being a good hitter and a great hitter is to go where that ball is pitched, and I think you guys have been doing a much better job of that. Well, and, it, and I'll be honest with you, uh, Kelly, it's tough. When you see the velocities that are out there today that you face that, you know, about whatever, six years ago, 90 miles an hour was hard. Right. You know, now 90 miles an hour is just, I mean, that's an average arm. I mean, yeah. that's just... I mean that's that's what eighty six used to be, right? And now when when people are are you're having to sit there and face guys that are ninety three to ninety six and sometimes even higher than that, it tends to make you want to cheat to get started early. So you're you're obviously you're you're kind of in that pull mode because you don't want to be late. You got to get started, and so you're vulnerable to that, and you have that rollover, but. You know, it's it's the ability to adjust and really be able to slow the game down and get your foot down in a position to hit early so that you can use all fields. And I think our guys are have made that adjustment yeah. and, and are starting to make the adjustment. Coach, uh, about a minute left. Look forward uh, tonight going to, or tomorrow night going over to Tuscaloosa, taking on Alabama. Then you uh, finally, it seems, only the second out of the first five series uh, back at the Pete this weekend for uh, for James Madison. What are you looking at uh, out of your team for these next four games? Well, certainly another opportunity. Uh, we're not going to get to James Madison until we uh, try to win against Alabama tomorrow night on the road, which is going to be a tough, really tough game, even though they lost the series to state this past weekend, two out of three. I know that Alabama's played really well this year. They're, they're really deep on the pitching side um, and have been all year. People that I've talked to, they talk about their strength. It sounds like they kind of had an off weekend uh, this past weekend. Uh, they didn't pitch like they normally did. But you know what? Maybe you credit Mississippi State. Maybe they made some adjustments and they hit. Who knows? I didn't, I didn't see the game. I wasn't there. I didn't watch the game. But I do know that Alabama's a, a very good team this year, and they've shown that uh, at through 30, 32 games, whatever they are on, on the season. And we'll have a we'll have a challenge, no doubt. I mean, they're eighteen and six at home. Uh, they play well at home, but this is a great opportunity for us to go on on the road in a midweek against uh, against an SEC opponent. And uh, you know, we'll do everything we can to to make that a win. Coach, glad you all got back uh, to South Mississippi safe. Congrats on 500. Congrats on 3-1. and one, And thanks for spending time with us today. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Scott Berry, head coach of the Southern Miss Golden Eagle baseball team as they get ready tomorrow night to travel to Tuscaloosa to take on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Eagle Hour continues on a Monday. Scott Watkins from the Sun-Herald joins us right after these commercial messages. Southern Miss to the top. As always, greatly appreciate Scott Berry's time as he uh, gets career win 500 over the weekend. Golden Eagles improved to 19 and 11. 
in regular season play. This third segment of the Eagle Hour on this Monday brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, home of the 995 lunch. You get a sweet tea or soft drink with that every single day. 4th Street, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Let's go down to the Mississippi Gulf Coast and talk to Scott Watkins, who writes uh, for the Sun-Herald, covers Southern Miss sports. And, Scott, before we kind of talk uh, some more Sunbelt baseball, there was a uh, an announcement this uh, this past week, and, and you put it out on Twitter as well. Austin Crowley, who, of course, uh, was magnificent for Southern Miss basketball, um, making a statement uh, that he is entering his name into the 2023 NBA draft. And then here's the important clause while retaining my collegiate eligibility, close quote. And, and you and I were texting earlier about this, and I was a little confused by it, and I had actually you know, found an article from, uh, from 2018 where they were experimenting with this rule, but, but apparently uh, th- there's still some confusion. So how is it that Crowley can enter the draft and still maintain eligibility? Yeah, so this, this rule, uh, it was put in place in some form many, many years ago, and it's been changed many, many times since then. So it's very hard to keep up with, and uh, there there have been some rules where they've they've announced them and then just didn't ratify the full rules. So it's very confusing. But as of right now, uh, the way that it works, uh, Austin Crowley and, and anybody else who enters the draft early, um, they can go through the draft process. They can even hire an agent, and they can they can experience what it's like. You know, go to NBA tryout, um, maybe get an invite to the combine, just go through the whole process and talk to scouts and talk to coaches and just get an idea of where they may fall and get advice as well. And if if a player makes it to the NBA Combine, if they're invited to the Combine, then they have the luxury of postponing their decision until after the draft. They could choose to uh, go back to school if they went undrafted or stay, you know, go, go pro officially and, and find a roster to stick on somewhere. Uh, but if a player is not invited to the NBA Combine, they have it till May 31st or June 1st, depending on the time zone, to decide whether or not they are going to return to school or keep their name in uh, the draft pool. And if they do keep their name in that draft pool, then they are they're gone. They they are jumping into it full time, and they they cannot return back to school. They've exhausted the eligibility. So that's kind of the situation. Um, if Crowley doesn't get a Combine invite, he will have until May 31st to decide. Kelly, it just seems like basketball is always the uh, the outlier on these decisions and stuff. It's and it's a shame for basketball players because you know where they're where the NFL teams have you know fifty three man rosters. Well, NBA teams don't have fifty three man rosters. So I mean that just shows you really how good you have to be even to get to go to the NBA. But I can't help but thinking out loud, out loud, Scott Watkins, is this might be just as much of just trying to gain a little bit of experience on the resume. Uh, to put something on the resume as as much as anything else. Is that reasonable? Yeah, I mean, of course I'm not going to you know, speculate, but a lot of players are going to do this. And it, I personally think it, every player should do this. I think everybody should test the waters, talk to NBA scouts, compete against NBA prospects, and see where you stand. This is a phenomenal opportunity for Austin Crowley to uh, get advice and put his talents up against some other talents and, and really see what it's like out there. That's, it, it's a great it's a great chance for Crowley to uh, see where he is and uh, still make an informed decision. I don't want, let's talk a little bit about uh, Sunbelt baseball now, Scott. You keep on on top of things. Let me start generically by asking you if there if there had to be a, a surprise team so far in the Sunbelt to whatever degree, 
What team would you label as the surprise team in a positive way? And what team has been disappointing so far based on expectations? I think the positive surprise may be App State. You know, they're 16 to 13. They're 6 and 5 in conference right now. Uh, they started with uh, several conference wins, conference series wins in a row. I don't think anybody really had App State on the radar when the season began, but here they are. They've got a long way to go if they want to, you know, challenge for uh, or get into that conversation, you know, that the postseason and all that. Um, I don't think their RPI, I don't think their strength of schedule is all that great, but. They are sneaking up, and they are—they were not meant to be competitive within the league, and yet here they are, number five. They're fighting for a good seed in the tournament. Uh, so they're kind of the positive surprise to me. The not-so-positive one, the preseason pick, I believe, for number one, uh, I think it was Georgia Southern. Uh, they're 15-17, and 6-6 six and six in conference in the bottom half of the league. They are off to a really, really shaky start. Uh, they're in there with Texas State, Detroit at six and six, but both of those teams have already won twenty games. They're over five hundred. They're well over five hundred. Georgia Southern is not. That is a surprise to me. As a very talented roster, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens the rest of the way. But they just haven't kicked it into gear yet. I think both of those make sense, Luke. Yeah, I, I think so too. And, and we should point out App State and uh, ULM actually had a game that they got canceled this weekend, couldn't get three in. So when you look at the standings. They only played 11 games, and then Archie State and uh, and James Madison, who the Eagles will play this weekend, only at 10 games because they had two games that got canceled earlier in the season. I had to see how the uh, the standings shake out on that. Scott, I, I do think perspective is, is helpful here for Southern Miss fans as they look around the league. Golden Eagles right now, RPI at 27. That's uh, second in the conference behind uh, behind Coastal. But I had a couple uh, – one guy on Twitter, John Patrick Clancy, pointed this out, and then uh, our good friend uh, Patrick Stats McGee pointed this out as well. Southern Miss is the only team in the country – that has not played a quad four team, meaning all of their opponents are are in the top 150 of RPI, and you still are at 19 and 11. Yeah, no, it's it's incredible. It's something I've been keeping an eye on. Uh, they they've played just an unreal schedule up to this point, and they have done very well. I know at times uh, it it seems a little shaky. It's saying, oh, what's going on? What's going on with the team? They're playing really good baseball teams every week. It, it's not like, you know, I'm looking across the uh, RPI rankings right now and the teams ahead of Southern Miss, North Carolina, they play 13 games, quad four. Missouri, 14. Alabama, 11. Southern Miss, nothing. So it's, it's kind of wild uh, that, that Southern Miss has been so successful up to this point, and I think it's why the team, I don't think there's much doubt, even when this team was really low in the RPI for, for a little bit there a few weeks. I don't think there's really much doubt that uh, as long as they keep going, as long as they stay consistent, which they're getting a lot better at the plate, uh, that's been that's been promising. As long as they you know keep their head level, they're going to be in good shape when the season ends. Yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of looking down these quad quad one. I mean, outside of the top ten RPI, there's only a couple more teams that have seven at least seven quad one wins, mm-hmm. and, and Southern Miss is one of those. So six and two in series, they've been three and three in midweeks. Um, I, I guess. You know, we're learning how you know, the Sun Belt is a better baseball league. Eagles just need to continue to win series. I mean, people say, well, we should have swept. And yeah, we've, you know, we've lost five games by a combined eight runs. But I mean, winning series is, is how you uh, adapt in this league. Yeah, that's what I was going to come on here and say. Uh, it, it would feel good to get a sweep, but the most important thing in the Sun Belt is to just win the series. You know, you're not, you're not playing Big West, Missouri Valley baseball. 
win two out of three and you're in good shape, your RPI is going to jump quite a bit, actually. I mean, Southern Miss has jumped leaps and bounds in RPI over the last three weeks. So just win the series because um, you've got you've got a really, really strong conference that's going to allow you to jump up nationally as long as you win, as long as you take two or three. And, and that's why when you try to compare this year's Golden Eagle baseball squad with last year's, it's difficult because as good as that team was last year, with all due respect to that team, I think this year's schedule is even more brutal than last year's. And conversely, when we were looking at Old Dominion last week, I was very confident that the Eagles would go into to Old Dominion and do what they did because the Monarchs hadn't played anybody. I mean, come on, you guys. The records can be really deceiving. You got you got to put them down on paper as to who you've played. Yeah, I, I fully agree with you there, one hundred percent. I think you know the only other teams in the league that really push Southern Miss as far as strength of schedule is Coastal Carolina, and they're they're up there with I think they're twenty one in RPI right now. They've only played four quad four games, and they're twenty and nine. And that's that's really the only other team in the league that is playing a schedule in anything remotely like Southern Miss. And you talk about a team that is murdering the baseball. To Coastal Carolina is just putting up stupid numbers. It's unbelievable. Yeah. The way that they're hitting the ball, Luke. Yeah, absolutely. Scott, about about a minute left. Um, we've got Alabama tomorrow night, 6 p.m. What do you what do you do with the, the weekend rotation now? Coach Barry told us that uh, Adam's still waiting. He saw the doctor today. No word yet, and basically said he's not going to be you know in in the rotation this weekend. What do you do for the Saturday in in this in the, the weekend rotation? That's a great question. It's, it's honestly, it's a situation that I have personally, as a reporter, I've, I've never seen it up close and personal at the college baseball level. So, apologies there for my lack of experience in young age. But if if I'm a coach, I'm, I'm thinking Billy Billy Oldham has played good baseball this year. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they'd move him up to Saturday. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they gave Mazda another chance at Sunday. You know, but you're you're gonna have to try something, and uh, I. This pitching staff is not nearly as deep as it was last year. So for me, I would want to go with what I know has performed well, what I know, what I trust. And even if you don't trust the Mazda, you had him on long enough of a leash to go three yeah. straight games three, with a, a three-inning performances. So I think you give him another chance at that point. That's, that's what I think. Good stuff. Scott, we always appreciate your insight, man. Thanks for coming on today. Thank you, guys. Scott Watkins with the Sun-Herald. We'll wrap up the Eagle Hour on this Monday right after this. segment brought to you by D-Bat and D-1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. D-Bat on the left, D-1 on the right. Great facilities, pro shop. Great place to train and get instructed. Great batting cages. It's all there, D-Bat and D-1. D-BatHattiesburg.com. Luke Kelly and Michael from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Law. Remind you, if you uh, missed our interviews with Coach Barry and Scott Watkins earlier in the show, you can go back and listen on demand, supertalk.fm, or... 
on a uh, bunch of pla- podcasting platforms, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Audible. Men's Tennis got a big win over the weekend, first Sunbelt Conference win uh, against the, the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana, who one of the best uh, – tennis programs in the Sun Belt, and the Eagles took care of them. Six to one knockoff uh, at home over over the weekend, so good job uh, by the men's tennis team as they improved to 7-12. and 12. Overall, a couple matches left. They will travel to Statesboro and then down to Atlanta uh, this weekend against Georgia Southern and Georgia State. Track and field had some, an impressive showing down at the Lloyd Willis Invitational, which is held at LSU this past Saturday. In the 3,000-meter run, senior Carlin Beal broke a meet record, as well as three event victories for the track and field team and 11 top three finishes. They just continue to do their thing under the leadership of Coach John Stewart. They will head out to California uh, this week, um, to Walnut, California, to take part in the SAC Relays. Softball, after getting Friday's game rained out, out in San Marcos, uh, dropped a doubleheader on Saturday. Lady Eagles fall to 15 or 16 and 17 overall, and uh, they'll travel to Monroe this weekend to take on the Lady Warhawks. Kelly, um, you know, we, we schedule uh, these football games out you know into the 2030s and beyond recruiting services do that as well <laughs> believe it or not yes they do uh and the, the class of 2033 basketball rankings came out today class when of, not not 2023 no when? class of 2033 so these would be the current second graders are going to that in 10 years all things being equal unless they're friends of mine would naturally be seniors in high school and the number one recruit Juan Cardona Jr. of Hattiesburg, Mississippi, deemed by scouts as the number one second grade basketball player in in the country. I mean, is Michael? Is that? I mean, you've got a, a young daughter. Isn't that a little bit kind of warped, a little bit twisted? Especially because <laughs> so much happens between now and then, and you know, as a parent, sure. So yeah, it's it's futile. <laughs> but it is pretty cool. Yeah, I and mean, if they're going to do such a thing, it's neat that uh, that one of our local kids is is. <laughs> having that honor bestowed upon him and his ideas may change i don't know about you but when i was eight years old what i want to do for a living and with my future was completely different than 12 and actually pretty much stuck at 12 but prior to that yeah so. and, and you you want to set aside money for college but when you find out their personality you have to take that money and put it more for a jail bond right fund <laughs> you you need to while he's in hattiesburg kelly you need to find it somehow get him on some team of yours so that when he's a lottery pick later on, you can say, "Hey, I coached that kid." Like, yeah, is. there you go. And uh, yeah. I know nothing about basketball, <laughs> though. You know, and you know, we really haven't heard anything. It's been pretty quiet out of the basketball camp, Luke. You know, you yeah. you think that there's a new contract on the horizon for Jay Ladner? We haven't heard anything about that. We're going to have to start peeling back the onion and finding some information. Also. You know, the, what's the roster going to look like next year? When are we going to start hearing about some of these names that are going to uh, sign with Southern Miss? Because you look at all these other schools around the country and it's, you know, this guy transferred from like Iowa State, got a kid from UNLV and they got, a, you know, the Wisconsin player of the year. So you're starting to see other schools making announcements about basketball yeah. players next year. We'll have to have to see what have we to come up with. wait and see how it shakes out. Just right. to recap the weekend in Sunbelt Baseball, Southern Miss takes two out of three from Old Dominion. South Alabama defends their house, takes two out of three from Texas State. 
Lafayette on the road up in uh, West Virginia sweeps Marshall. James Madison, who will play the Golden Eagles this weekend, takes two out of three at home against Georgia State. ULM and Appalachian State only got two in in Boone. Warhawks won both of those. Coastal takes two out of three at home from Georgia Southern. And then Troy up in Jonesboro on the road took two of three from Arkansas State. All right. Um, I was just going to say one other thing. On When Scott Watkins was talking about disappointing teams, I think one of the other teams that would have to be on that list, and, and what say you, Texas State. I, I really thought the Bobcats, you know, they were they were on the on the cusp last year doing some really great things. And I really thought that that, that was going to be a team that when the smoke clears this year could still happen, but it's looking more and more likely like it will not happen. They've just been disappointing to me. Six and six, but they've won 20 games. So one game behind the Eagles. That's the standings. Yeah, okay. Lafayette and Coastal nine and three. Old Dominion eight and four. Southern Miss seven and five. And then a bunch of teams either at a five hundred or App State at six and five. All right, uh, Masters yesterday. I tell you what, I was happy to see John Rom win. Uh, it was pretty cool to to see he and a fellow Spaniard. I can't ever say Jose Maria's uh, last name. Orla uh, Fable. There you go. But it was pretty cool to see them. And, and you know, just to, to see Sam Bennett from Texas A&M do such, uh, you know, just to do so well as the amateur. Fun weekend. Yeah, Fun but weekend. it was, you know, it's really sad, too, when you saw Tiger hurt his leg. And it's, you know, oh, Tiger's just an old, old man now. And it's, it's hard to believe, but uh, so it goes. So it goes. Yes. We will catch you tomorrow. Just got confirmation. Will Hall on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. So that'll be a great time. Bob will be back, and we'll catch you then tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Have a great Monday, and as always, Southern Miss to the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.